Welcome to Laxbeat Lacrosse Friends. I am Stephen Stamp, your host for this podcast, formerly known as Box Labeat. I am also a co-host at Lacrosse Link, and you can see a great mock draft coming up on just go to lacrosselink.com to check that out. And lots of coverage I've got on ilindoor.com where I am one of the editors, and my top 50 prospects are up and ready to view. And today, I've got two of those top prospects for the 2021 National Lacrosse League Entry Draft, which will happen this Saturday. It will be virtual. It's a late pivot from the league when it just was not working out to be able to hold the event at the Key Bank Center in Buffalo. It's a shame because it was looking like it was going to be a great event, but it's going to be a great broadcast from the league, and I will be there offering analysis the show starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see it on TSN and the TSN app in Canada. And in the U.S., you can see it on the, and elsewhere, you can see it on the NLL YouTube page and the NLL Facebook page. So make sure you join me and the rest of the crew for the draft on Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, I'm going to talk with one prospect who is a can't-miss, has been labeled a top guy for several years, He's expected to go very early among the first few picks, and that is Adam Charlambides. A terrific conversation with him from New Jersey. And then I caught up with Jake Harrington, who you probably haven't heard of. He played D3. He hasn't had a chance because of the pandemic to come and play box across like he wanted to in a junior or senior league uh, in the Canadian Summer Leagues. So he has been doing everything he can to play in box across games to get experience, to build himself up, to be ready to have a go at the National Lacrosse League. Very interesting looking at the two perspectives, the two experiences, the two journeys leading to the NLL draft. And we talked to them both here on Laxbeat. <laughs> Joining me on Laxbeat, one of the top prospects for the draft this week, Adam Charlambides. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing, Stamper? I'm doing okay. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm trying to think the last time I actually saw you in person. It's been a long time and I uh, haven't talked for a bit, but uh, very exciting times coming up with the draft. I- I'm sure you're very busy with, uh, you must be getting a lot of calls and just uh, going through quite a process getting ready. Yeah, yeah, I've been on the phone a lot here. Um, and then, you know, same old process, trying to get better this week. So yeah. getting in the gym and keeping that same routine. And obviously you're a bit of an unusual prospect because you've had the uh, the two redshirt years. So you've been at, uh, at uh, Rutgers, you've done a bachelor's degree and you've done a master's degree, right? What were your, what were your degrees in? I'm curious about the education side. Um, so my undergrad was in the business school, um, supply chain management and marketing science. And then, so that was in my four years. And then, so I got a bunch of random credits, um, in my master's, uh, program. And then I finished the degree in labor studies and employment relations. Okay. So just some of the courses you're taking in like third and fourth year went towards the master's? Uh, no, they were two separate schools. It's just the master's program I took was a two-year, 
and then okay. I had the three years of masters. So um, the one year was just like I experienced some real estate courses. Um, I did some financial analytics. Um, so just tried a bunch of different stuff to kind of cool. feel out what uh, could and could not be a career path for me here. And now while you're launching that career, you're also going to be launching a professional lacrosse career. Well, I guess it's launched. You were picked up in the PLL, but uh, getting ready for the NLL draft. And what are you anticipating come Saturday night? Obviously a big moment for you coming. Uh, I mean, I just want to enjoy it. Um, going to have some friends over to the apartment. Um, one of my friends actually just got back from a summer internship in DC. So really excited to catch up with him. And then, uh, another buddy of mine, he, uh, Adam Dobas, he coaches at, um, university of Indianapolis, a D2 school. Um, he's flying in and, you know, he's been like my brother since the first grade. So, you know, I'm just thankful for the people who are going to make an effort to come make this night pretty special. So really excited for it. That sounds great. Cause obviously we're all anticipating being in Buffalo, looking forward to being at the key bank center. It was a, it was going to be a great production. And then just the realities of, of the time have made that impossible. So we're going to be going to be virtual and a little bit different. Um, having to be on, on zoom watching things and that, but, uh, well, I guess you'll be watching on, uh, on the online and then jumping on zoom. I know, uh, there's, we're, we're hoping to talk to a bunch of some of the top draft picks when, when they do get picked. So do you have any, uh, I don't know, do you have any nerves about it or is it more just excitement to get, get rolling? Um, definitely just excitement. Um, you know, um, as a young Canadian kid, I think we grew up thinking about the NLL a lot more than we might have done in the, you know, the field game, uh, especially those younger years when you're really only playing box. So, um, you know, not to be cliche, it's a bit of a dream come true. So, like I said, just going to try to enjoy it. And obviously one of the big points that we've all talked about is that you, it's been a while since you got to play box lacrosse. Um, you had a great run to a, a Minto Cup final and uh, it, with, with Orangeville and then supposed to be going to Brampton for what looked like it was going to be a great team, but uh, it, you just haven't had a chance to play since then, since the first knee injury. And I'm wondering, like, are you feeling pretty good about getting back in the box or a few nerves about how it's going to go shaking the rust off? What's your feeling there? Um, I'd say the nerves are like anything else I'd approach in a game day. You know, um, I'm aware that box is a different game than the field game. Um, my first game out is probably not going to be my best game of the season, but like every other season, right? You're going to review the game, watch the film. What can I do better? What can I improve on? What did I do well? What did I not do so well? So, you know, growing up and, you know, the more you get better with your sport and moving into professional here, right? You're just always focusing on your process and trying to get better each week. So really excited to get back out there and play the box game, but you know, regardless of the result in that first game, it's going to be a focus to improve for the next one. And that theme just keeps on rolling. Yeah. And obviously one of the great things for you is that uh, there's going to be a question when you have a couple of big knee injuries that, that sideline you for a while. But the great thing is, like you said, boxing field, very different, but you, you do have a feel and having watched you play this year, it's pretty clear that the, that, 
physically you seem to be fine. You seem to be ready to go and doesn't seem like there's anything holding you back. Yeah, no, physically I'm better than ever. And, um, you know, I think that's only going to keep improving, um, through these knee injuries. I've kind of found a career path and a passion. Um, next month I'm headed down to new Orleans to GLS training facility. Um, I'm finishing up a movement certification program. Uh, it's called GOTA. Uh, it's an acronym for greatest of all time athletes and our program mimics the greatest of all time actions. So we essentially, well, they did, sorry. They essentially created a program by reverse engineering, um, watching in slow motion videos, the way the greatest athletes of all time move. Um, and then also, athletes who just had really long injury resistant careers, such as, you know, Ray Lewis, um, Simone Biles, Michael Jordan. Um, and essentially what they identified is all those athletes move the exact same way to a pretty specific degree. And then, like I said, from there, they created a training program. So, um, you know, the ACL injuries caused me to just add this layer of being that much more calculated and detailed focus with my training. Cause when something didn't feel right, like my knees really told me and moving in correct patterns is just allowed me to up level the way I'm moving. And, um, I think I moved okay at Rutgers. Honestly, this last senior season was definitely the best I've recovered since the knee injuries. But, um, you know, I think I'm going to hopefully turn some heads here with, being able to have this whole summer of training and then now another fall training um, before this December kickoff here will definitely allow me to level up my athleticism for sure. That sounds amazing. I mean, that's what a, what a great program it sounds like. And how long are you going to be down in, in New Orleans? Um, so it's a three-day lab weekend, but I'm going to go a day early to get another training in. And then my flight is a day after because I didn't want to have to rush out of there. So I'll be there for five days. Okay, fun. That's uh, that sounds great. And you're also uh, you're you're doing some coaching and teaching and things as well, right? Yeah, do uh, a bunch of private lessons. Uh, I got a handful of uh, attackmen down here in New Jersey, and then a handful of goalies that I shoot on and work with, and then um, help out with uh, some club programs down here. Um, the box scene's been really exploding down the East Coast of the United States, so been able to you know, kind of go program to program here and really help out with teaching and educating the youth. That's great. And that's, that's something that strikes me that it's always come pretty naturally to you. I still remember a handful of years ago, I actually wound up by happenstance being an assistant coach for the Peterborough senior women's team. I actually was just there at a tournament covering it for inside the cross. And uh, my buddy, Jesse Thomas was doing the door for a game and he had to leave. He's like, Hey, can you cover the door for a game? I was like, Okay. And then they just said, Oh, our next game's at this time. I was like, I I'm not really a coach. And they said, you know, Oh yeah, no, no, that'd be great. Come out. And next thing you know, I'm the defensive coordinator and uh, coach the team for a few years. And I remember being at the one tournament, I think it was at the uh, Stephen Leacock center or uh, one of the, you know, that kind of dingy barn in, uh, in the Toronto area. And you were back home for the summer and uh, your girlfriend at the time had, had come up and was playing for the Toronto stars. And I remember you out there before and after games, just showing her and showing your teammates. And it just looked so natural for you to be helping people with their games. 
Yeah, I mean, I got to give all the kudos to my mom. I mean, it was the way she raised us. And I can, a quote that rings through my head is like, you know, did you make someone's day better today? So it's just been instilled in me from my youth. And then I just love the game. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of just come natural to me. And I love, love helping people, you know, love any way you can help each other, right? We're all trying to make it through life here. So more we can help each other out. Why not? Yeah. And, you know, it, it's great. It's very altruistic and it is wonderful, but you also do get benefits yourself. I know I remember when I started coaching rowing and I was, I was a sweep rower. I didn't really scull very much. And when I started coaching, I had to coach scullers. I became so much better. I couldn't believe when I got back on the water and was sculling how much better I was just from having to analyze and to really break down and think very systematically and, and logically about what you do to do things properly. And have you found the same kind of benefit? Like you'll be teaching somebody something and think, you know, I can probably do this or, or just, just training things in yourself as well. Absolutely. And like, you know, I think messaging and like being able to simplify things really well, yeah. test your full understanding of, you know, any subject. Um, and then I don't know, it's funny just to share a quick personal story. I remember after my first, uh, couple years of uh being a head coach i remember i always would joke with my coach at Rutgers, there coach breck and she'd be like man no one really knows how much you fully do behind the scenes and you know we really should appreciate you like all coaches more you know what i mean because yeah. from down to canada from people volunteering their time and then you know um up to the college level where there's just so much extra stuff that's needed and coaches always seem to be the guys that are willing to put in those extra effort yeah yeah I it's funny you say that I remember there was one girl that I coached from the time she was 15 or 16 I taught her learn to row uh, with she and her twin sister and they were I think they were my first athletes when I opened a rowing club in North Vancouver in Deep Cove that uh, they went off on scholarship to go to go to school they went to Louisville to the rowing program and they started coaching and at one point she came up and we we'd had some we butted heads at times. There can be friction between athletes and coaches. And she came up to me one day after she'd been coaching for a while and said, you know, I know it didn't always go smoothly with us, but I understand now so much more of what you were saying and what you were doing for us. And I'm just, I may not have said this ever, but I'm really glad you're our coach. And uh, yeah, I think we all need to appreciate, appreciate our coaches a little bit more. I've certainly learned to appreciate everyone that coaches and, and mentors me. And uh, I think for every athlete, I think the light turns on at a different time. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone matures at their own rate. And, uh, you know, at some point, it always turns on and you're just really grateful for good people who you've had growing up. And that's really cool to hear that uh, she came full circle there. Yeah, she actually wound up breaking a record. She was quite an athlete, got into triathlons and running and stuff. And she set a record. There's a thing called the Grouse Grind. It's a trail up the side of a mountain in North Vancouver. Mountain. And uh, it takes, I don't know, I think the average is like an hour and a half to go up to, to go up it. And uh, it's steep. It's tough. I used to do it as a training thing. I'd go up sometimes a couple times back to back. That's the most I ever did was two. I think my fastest was like 37 minutes. She did one day, she set the record doing like 17 or 18 times up the side of this mountain. And then you just take the gondola down. She just go back and do it again, set the, the grind record. And uh, that kind of dedication, wow. Like I, I can't even imagine having done it a couple of times doing like another 16. 
Yeah, sorry. I, I literally I lost like the last uh, 15, 20 seconds of your story there. Sorry oh, about that's that. Okay. No, no problem. I was just talking about Brooke, that a coach just going up the grouse grind up the side of the mountain and saying, you know, having done it twice in a row, not being able to imagine doing it like 16 more times when she set the set the record for doing it the most times in a day. It's it's quite a feat. And uh, yeah, it just shows what the human body can do when you when you put your mind to it. No doubt. No doubt. That's awesome. Really appreciate you coming on. Curious if there's anything else you want to that anything that's kind of struck you about the draft process, the preparation with everything you've been through with, you know, we've all gone through everything a lot with the, with the pandemic, but through the whole process, is there something that stands out to you that, that just has kind of gone off in your head as you get ready? Uh, no, nothing crazy. Right. Like I said, uh, I don't know. I'm a big believer in the process and, um i think games are won a lot earlier before the actual game day right it's more of a test of who prepared better and um you know excited to for saturday and then excited to get back out and play box man i uh can't wait to compete again i know a lot of people excited to uh, to see where you go and to see you on the floor again i, I can't wait to see you back playing box across it was it was always fun watching you and uh I think uh, it's going to be pretty exciting when you do get on the floor. And obviously Saturday night, wish you the best of luck. And thanks so much for being available to chat. Of course. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on Stamper. It was great to catch up with you. Joining me on Laxbeat is Jake Harrington and uh, great to have you on the show. Welcome to Laxbeat. Hey, thanks for having me Stamper. Glad to be here. So, you are up in the wilds of Vermont now, getting ready to uh, do some graduate work. You've been playing for Stevenson for the last uh, last four years. Well, on and off, obviously with the uh, with the pandemic. But uh, <laughs> how are things going overall as you prepare for the draft and and look to hope to hear your name called on Saturday? Great, I'm uh, getting settled in up here in Burlington. I've had a great time meeting my new team. As you know, I'm a graduate transfer so the guys have been uh great welcoming me in and my roommates have been super helpful so i've uh, been getting settled in up here in burlington and i'm uh, obviously extremely excited uh for the draft saturday you know whether i get uh draft or not i'm definitely gonna watch and uh hope for the best and uh yeah excited yeah i mean we actually started talking you know, a lot of people i'm sure are not familiar with you because you haven't played in a lot of leagues where you're going to get much attention, but we've been talking for a couple of years now because you, I know wanted to come up to Canada uh, in 2020 and try and get, try and get some box across in and get ready. Cause you're, you're actually absolutely determined to make it in the box game. That didn't work out. Uh, you're talking this year, like, Hey, is there somewhere I can go? And really not, not no options for someone from the States to come up and play in Canada this year, especially with, I mean, the OJLL did have 22 year olds and you're 22 this year, but had, uh, you know, they were, they were just doing a couple weekends. They weren't going to be bringing in. I didn't think anybody who wasn't yeah. already part of the program. So you've yep. taken every chance you can, right. To get to, to play box lacrosse. Yeah. Basically our relationship started when I reached out to you, I think it was pre COVID and I was, was trying to find a box team for that summer uh north of the border and we were trying to line some things up and then boom you know what happened the world shut down and so 
no one played that COVID summer. And then fast forward to this year, I, um, I, you know, trying to find another home, maybe uh, with an MSL team in Brooklyn. And, you know, it kind of turned on its head a little bit for uh, Americans because, you know, it's a whole ordeal getting into Canada right now. So uh, it didn't work out for me to come north, but I uh, found a couple leagues uh, in the States to play and I took every opportunity to uh, play every game I could down here and I uh, played in the NCBS in the Connecticut division uh, for Oliver Marty and the uh, Connecticut Coyotes and so had a great time there and uh, when that season wrapped up I came back home to Massachusetts and played in the IBLA for uh, the Cambridge Nor'easters and Ryan Conwell and had so much fun and felt that every time I was out there I was getting better and having a blast and uh, you know it wasn't perfect. Obviously, didn't end up going uh, to Canada, but I think I made the most of uh, this summer with the hand that I was dealt. Yeah, and I'm curious how you found the two leagues. Obviously, the collegiate league is is guys up to your would have been one of the older guys in the league. It is for college guys who are in school or just coming out of school. Um, so as a as a college senior, you would have been a, a veteran there, even though it was your first year, I guess. Just one of the older players. Then you go to the IBL, IBLA where I mean you're playing against like the main Northmen who have guys like Kyle Baker, veteran senior B guys, uh, Mark White, who is an MSL player and uh, was an NLL draft pick. So it's a it's a pretty substantial difference. My sense from talking to you, and you can talk to this a bit more, is so a lot of athleticism in the NCBS, but probably more lacrosse knowledge and box IQ in particular in the IBLA. Yeah, so everyone that's played uh, juniors in some capacity, whether it's uh, hockey or lacrosse, they know that leagues kind of take on their own personalities, uh, you know, once they get established and have played several seasons at least. And uh, what I found was, Playing in the NCBS, it was basically you kind of hit the nail on the head. A lot of athleticism, a lot of skilled collegiate players. Again, it's uh, guys that are uh, going into their freshman year of college until they also have the summer after they graduate. So I was one of the older guys in that league. And again, a lot of uh, a lot of skill and athleticism there, but still guys who probably haven't played so much box. And um, there's no fighting in that league. So it's uh, a lot, a lot of skill base in that. And then in the IBLA, it's more of a man's game. You know, there's older, more experience. You're allowed to fight. So you got to protect yourself. It's greasier. It's, it's, uh, it's equally as intense, but it's, uh, it's rough. And so uh, playing in the IBLA was, was a blast. And um, I'm looking to, you know, move forward and play against a combination of, uh, you know, experienced men and, and skilled players. So, yeah. And I've always advocated whenever I have players uh, talk to me who have who have who are good athletes but haven't had a lot of box experience, and you know guys from you know I'll run into kids at the World Juniors from the U.S. teams and other teams who say, hey, you know, I really want to come up and and play and develop. Where do you think I should go? What should I do? And and I always advocate go play junior B or senior B with us with a team that has a good affiliation with their their A program or an A program. So you can basically just play as many games as you can. If you play well enough with the B's, you'll get to go up and play some games with the A's and get as many in. And that was, I know, a route that, that we talked about for you, trying to find a good junior B program um, that you can go up, find a senior B program where you can get called up and get a chance. And, and uh, I think it makes a big difference getting those games in, which is why I think it's so important that you were finding, I'm not sure how many total games, you probably what played 20 games or so this summer. 
Yeah, yeah, around 22, 23 games, yeah. yeah. So that's not too bad. I mean, a lot of the leagues that are getting going in the States, you know, with the NCBS and the IBLA, great opportunities. I think they're growing, and it's it's a wonderful thing, but it is a lot of guys all learning to play the game together. So there, there are challenges there for guys who really want to move up. So you got to keep looking for opportunities. But also, they're just fairly short seasons by the nature of, of how they stand right now. So playing in both really gave you a chance to play a lot. Did you feel progress through the course of the summer? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I felt progress from, we had uh, several tryout sessions in the NCBS and I, um, and I had, uh, I'd felt progress there from uh, just, you know, the several hours that it started, but um, definitely throughout the, uh, definitely throughout the seasons. I mean, my placement on shots, you know, my, my field vision, I felt, uh, you're working with my teammates in the in the two man game down low and getting to good scoring areas and another huge thing like the goalies it's completely different from field and a lot of people underestimate that and so that's definitely where I felt the uh, most progress myself was uh, understanding you know what the goalies are doing how they're how they're making saves how they're not making saves and you know the kind of shots that uh that were that are going in. One of the things that really stood out to me watching your your Coyotes highlights was there tended to be a lot of man-to-man without the team defense that you're going to face at higher levels. Um, guys still figuring out how the slides work in box, how your help happens. And I got a lot of guys kind of getting locked off. So you were tending to, with your athleticism, just beat the one guy that would come out to check you and, and go to the net and have naked looks a lot. It looked like, and I, I know yeah, I remember yeah. telling you like, that's not going to happen as you get to higher yeah. levels, you're going to have to be ready for the slide. You're going to have to be ready for, you know, for the help. You're going to have to be ready for a, much, a more physical game. And I'm curious how much you got that. Cause I didn't get a chance to see a lot of you playing in the IBLA, but I would assume with some of the more veteran guys who have played the, the boxing a bit longer, there were people coming to help and it, it threw some extra challenges at you. Yeah, definitely. When the, uh, when the IBLA, when I came back home and started playing uh, in every uh, IBLA game. I think because of the Connecticut League, I missed a uh, three-game series that we had with uh, Auburn. Uh, when I came back, I uh, started putting all my energy into the IBLA, and uh, I think back to a game that we had uh, against the Northmen in Maine at a, a really cool arena they have there, Cross Insurance Arena. I'll shout them out. And uh, I had six goals, and after that, <laughs> there was no easy goals coming my way, for sure. <clears throat> so I would after I, after I had that game, they were, they were focusing me a lot and um, definitely kind of put myself on the map where they know they got to, they got to slide hard and they got to slide early and they got to lay the body. And um, you know, that's something I'm willing to do. I'm willing to sacrifice the body to get to the dirty areas. And so I've been doing that my whole cross career and uh, whether they're sliding or not, you know, I'm going to try and take advantage of it. And how did the, I mean, obviously the, the next step when you start drawing that attention and you start drawing the slides is the, the drawing dish. And I'm wondering how that adjustment went for you, getting used to, you know, not having the open looks or you're not just driving in the net and being able to focus on that, but being aware of, you know, when do you make the pass? Who's the, the person to hit? How'd that go? Yeah. So at that point, it's all about, it's all about chemistry. In my opinion, it's about knowing your teammates and it's about communication, you know, I had some uh, some great teammates uh, on the on my IBLA team, Martin Bose, who played in the MLL, and a couple uh, lesser known players who are still in college. A friend of mine, Luke Jabber, is a great player, and Aiden Carroll. And um, when I was, you know, when I was getting those those slides coming fast and hard, uh, it was it was really working with them and just 
communicating and uh, building that chemistry. And I think uh, we got better every single game at that. So I definitely uh, credit that uh, progress in my game to uh, my teammates helping me out and playing with me and knowing each other and spending time after uh, practice, you know, working together on things and just talking it out uh, between periods, you know, it's all about communication. Marty Bose seems like he would be a great mentor, a great resource for you, because I think you've got fairly similar games. I mean, Marty was a very athletic guy, kind of played a, a detransition role a lot, but he played a lot of forward for uh, back for the Vermont Voyageurs and, and uh, in various tournaments and things, and, and actually went to NLL camps and I don't think was far off getting a, a shot in the, uh, in the pro league. And there is some similarity in the way you play using athleticism, using movement, shooting on the run, uh, kind of constant motion and, uh, and using some size to your advantage as well. So it seemed, was that, was he like as helpful as I'm imagining he would have been? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm completely a product of, uh, all my favorite players, highlight tapes and, uh, the guys that I've played with and I've, been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time around Marty. We uh, we train at the same gym in Massachusetts, compete indoor sports, and been able to spend a lot of time around him. And it's just so great to be able to <clears throat> ask him things. And he's a he's a great shooter. He has unbelievable stick work. Some of the best I've seen. Great hands. And so he's been a he's been a great tool of mine to ask him things. And yeah, I've uh, definitely. Definitely appreciated uh, getting to spend some time with uh, with him over the years. As you mentioned, you're a graduate transfer to Vermont. Quite a program that the Catamounts have been building there that you're going to be part of. And I know you uh, you were playing a mostly offensive midfield role with with Stevenson. Although it looks like you uh, played somewhat of a two way game. What uh, do you have any sense of what they want you to do in Vermont? Is it the same role they're sliding into? Yeah, I've, uh, Coach Fife's is, uh, has been really transparent with me. That was one thing uh, with this whole graduate transfer process that I really appreciate. You know, he, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He didn't hold anything back, and he kept it extremely transparent. And I, uh, and I returned that. You know, I told him, look, like, I'm a lefty offensive midfielder. I'm, I'm a goal scorer. I'm a dodger. I'm a shooter. That's, that's where I feel comfortable. That's where, I'm, where I think I'm the best. And um, that's the role I'd like to fill. But again, at the end of the day, for me, coming here, it's about uh, winning the conference again, the American East. And uh, if they want me to, if they want me to hop in that and for us to win, <laughs> I'll do it. It does not matter to me. So um, practice starts up here in a couple of weeks and I'm really willing to do anything. But yes, I would, I would uh, like to play offensive midfield. Um, I also played a little bit of attack last year at Stevenson. So wherever I may fit in, let the, let that be. But yeah, I'm uh, just overall excited for this upcoming season and uh, really willing to play anywhere that uh, can help the team succeed. The same situation basically holds true in box where I know you played forward and I actually mentioned on uh, um, Twitter came up, I guess uh, it came up and, and Ryan Conwell, as you mentioned, who runs the Nor'easters yep. said, yep. uh, Oh, definitely a forward. Cause he said something about, you know, you being a forward. And I said, eh, I see him more as a transition player. What do you think? And he said, definitely a forward. Let's talk about it. And <laughs> I haven't talked to him yet. I know you always say, Oh, you know, I'm a lefty forward. Well, you know, our team's going to take a look at a lefty forward who hasn't had a chance to play a lot. And I've told you several times, I see your entree to the league being in transition. There are more, yeah. you know, there are more spots on a roster there. Plus I think they'd people would like to use your athleticism and, and there, you know, you look at the list of guys who have come into the league 
playing defense first and then eventually moving to offense. I mean, Jeff Shatler, Dane Smith, Mitch Jones, the list goes on and on. So obviously yeah. there's no, there's no slight, but, and, and I don't know what a team that, that drafts you would be or, or signs you would be interested in, but how, how do you feel about the, the options? If you had a chance to play some D transition in any of the, the box that you've played, or have you just been playing up front? Yeah, so I've been playing – there has been a, a couple times where I played a little bit of transition uh, early in the NC, NCBS season. Um, I definitely think that there is potential for me there because, um, like at Stevenson, I would I would help out on the wings, and I definitely uh, am great at clearing the ball. So I definitely think there's some potential for me to uh, definitely play some transition. I love to push the floor, and I definitely think uh, my speed is – is a big key for that and something I can use. Um, and so definitely with uh, more time uh, playing and practicing uh, transition, I definitely think I could be a great transition player, but I have played uh, mostly forward uh, this summer. And so that that's where my skill set has progressed most right now. But I definitely think uh, there is potential for me to be a good transition player moving forward. And you've got some time to develop in whatever role, right? Because you, as you mentioned, you're going to Vermont. Uh, you've got at least one year that you're going to be playing uh, yep. up there in the in the NCAA uh, in, in D1. And you, uh, I know you're adamant that you're going to get to Canada or or to a senior B league or somewhere um, that you can play some high level box across. So you've got time to to do that. But for right now, as you prepare for the draft. Um, I'm curious what it's like because as someone who you haven't played in the traditional leagues, I'll be honest, I've told you straight out when I've talked to been talking to people from various teams and mentioned you say, hey, do you know this kid? And they're like, no, who is he? And so I tell them about you and, and they're like, oh, okay, we'll have to have to look into it. But you're just not in leagues or in situations where you're going to be on the radar for a lot of teams. So is there anything you've been able to do to, I guess, get the word out or, or what do you feel like your preparation process has been for the draft? Yeah, so basically to get the word out, uh, the big thing for me was uh, the highlight video I put together uh, from the NCBS season. Um, we were fortunate enough to have really good camera work and uh, stat keeping from that. So uh, as soon as that season wrapped up, I put that video together and I thought there was uh, some really good tape in there. And uh, that's kind of that's all I can hope for in terms of uh, getting my name out. Um, you know, tape does not lie. And so... I think they can go there and see my athleticism, see the, the prowess uh, offensively. And so uh, in terms of that, that's, uh, that's what I got going. And um, other than that, preparing physically, it's just, it's, it's, it's just work. It's, you know, it's working every day at, at your craft, whether it's, you know, going out and shooting or lifting, conditioning, all that stuff, which is uh, a passion of mine always has been. I love, love working out every day. I always say that, you know, I'm, I'm two different people. I'm the guy who's worked out in the morning and the guy who hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> so, uh, you want, you want to be around the former. And so it's, uh, it's just work and I enjoy it. And so that's, that's where my head's at right now. And I'm uh, hoping for the best. What's the, uh, well, where are you going to be watching the draft? Do you have a, a uh, viewing for, party set up? Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've told, uh, my housemates, uh, there's, there's six of us in a house, all across players up in Burlington. And so I've told them, uh, Saturday night to keep the, keep the schedules clear and we'll, uh, we'll have it going on in the living room with, uh, some of my close friends. So that's what we got going. 
Thanks. And I just want to talk a little bit about the, the school side of things, because obviously Stevenson is a school that's very well known for its academics. And I know you're a pretty serious student there. And the Vermont program, I, I know we talked earlier about what you were looking for in a program. And you were, you were adamant that you wanted to go to a school with a good lacrosse program, but with a, a graduate program that was re really going to serve your, your, uh, you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So the grad program I'm in is Sustainable Enterprise. And it's uh, focus on uh, efficiency and uh, supply chain management, stuff like that. And so it also is a backdoor for the sustainable sustainability MBA and uh, at uh, UVM. And so if I were to want to pursue that uh, once my NCAA career is done, I could definitely apply what I've learned in the sustainable enterprise uh, CGS to the MBA, which is great. And uh, it's definitely something I'm excited about because a lot of business schools in the United States, you know, it's all about, you know, how do you make a good business? How do you make money? How do you do it? And, uh, and at, at Vermont, they, they care more about, um, you know, the sustainability, the, the efficiency, doing things environmentally friendly, doing things that are conscious for the earth and not just you know wasteful and and within that you save money in the business itself you know the more efficient you can be the less you can waste the more you can reuse it's it's extremely important and affecting us more and more especially uh you know as the years tick on here we all live on the same earth and we're all using up its uh resources probably more than we realize and so i think definitely think more businesses need to be conscious of that and i think it's uh something that businesses are going to value uh, a lot more in the future coming up. Love it. That's uh, that's a very Vermont approach, which is, I think, pretty cool. Uh, meshes well for me. I mean, my fiance and I have a, an environmental hair salon where we um, try and reduce first and reuse, but then we also we recycle all the hair, all the foils, all the excess color gets gets treated and separated into its components to be used for, for, uh, for various things. So I think it's, it's the way that business needs to go in the future. So it's great to see you uh, see you involved in that. And great to have you on the show. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time to talk and wish you all the best on Saturday at the NLL Draft and beyond. And I look forward to seeing you in a box rink near me where I can uh, come and catch you in person. I've only seen you in video so far. So it'll be, uh, it'll be great to get the, the live show. Absolutely. I'm uh, extremely excited for Saturday. I wish uh, all the best of luck to everyone else uh, eligible for the draft. And Likewise, can't wait to finally meet you in person sometime soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. A couple of very interesting conversations there with a couple of fine young men, great character, terrific athletes. One, as we mentioned, a prospect noted for years as a potential very high selection in Adam Charlambides and the other Jake Harrington. Just hasn't been on the radar because he hasn't had that box experience, but he is working to get it. I'm very excited to be at the draft and see how things play out for both of these young men and all of the rest of the talented athletes who are going to be selected in the National Lacrosse League draft this Saturday, August 28th, starting at 7 p.m. Again, TSN and the TSN app in Canada, NLL YouTube, and Facebook pages everywhere else. I'm Stephen Stamp, your host here at Laxbeat. Thanks so much for being with me once again, Lax friends. Can't wait to see you next week. Check everything out on Laxlink, sorry, lacrosselink.com and islandor.com for all the best in draft and other lacrosse coverage. Hey.